I just had everybody just to pray in the spirit to begin to pray. And then I began to speak healing and blessings over, over the situation, over the whole family. And uh, so we uh, we we just we began to, to minister. And right before we broke for lunch, he said, I, I just got a text. He could have He'll be in Los Angeles tonight. Wow. God is good. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for all of your love. Mercy, thank you for these your wonderful children that you've sent here together together. Thank you for all of those who are watching in some other place, in some other way, some other time. We just bless them all in Jesus' name. We thank you for using me today for the anointing that breaks every yoke. Thank you that people will be helped today, healed everywhere they hurt by your precious word and promise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week I Asking, asking folks to roll up their spiritual <laughs> sleeves. Remember that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Today I'm going to ask you to. I'm going to ask you to get your hopes up. Mm -hmm. Kind of flies in the face of what the world likes to tell people. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I want you to get high on hope. <laughs> huh? I want you to get all hopped up on hope. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> we'll put it in terms the world can understand. So they can see the power of God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. But now, now only, I'm only talking to those of you that, that, that are looking for some kind of a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, it's some kind of a healing. Some kind of deliverance or, or saved or, or blessed in some way. The rest of you can leave. <laughs> but those of us, we're going to learn to, we're going to learn more about fighting to protect what Jesus has died to provide us with. Amen. Amen. So, so please, please encourage me. Tell me that, tell me that you're here to have an encounter with God today. Amen. Okay. Not just go to church and check off the box because He's here. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's always here. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But I can tell you right now, I, I, I was just, he was, he's here. Amen. He wants to manifest his presence even more uh, than normal for some reason today. And I'm, I'm just one of those that, that, uh, is, uh, that says, Lord, have your way in your church. You know, Amen. I never intended to. To uh, run his church. I'm just a vessel. Amen. Amen. And I pray that he'll use me and work through me and speak through me. And uh, if he ever wants to step right up and do it himself, that's fine too. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> because this is his church. He's the head. We're just right. part of the body. Amen. Amen. You know, you've been called to a life of faith. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have. Yes. Called to a life of faith. Amen. That's what it says in Romans 1.17. Well, what does 
how does Bible faith really even work? Is that a fair question? Is that a, a believer could ask? I believe that it is. And I believe it's one that's necessary in this day in which we live. I mean, if we're supposed to live by faith, I mean, just park our lives right in the middle of faith. We're supposed to live out of faith, by faith. Then shouldn't we know what it is and how it works? And take some sort of a, maybe check up from the neck up sometime. <laughs> yeah? To see if we are in the faith. Matter of fact, that's what Paul said that. Or Peter, can't remember right now. Examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. So it's a fair thing to do. Jesus asked, matter of fact, if when he returns, will he even find faith? It's kind of sad. Almost, he asked it almost as if he didn't expect to find any. Right? You know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, 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 I want to be found with my lamp full and, and, and burning bright. Son, I want to find find him. He wanted to find me with my lamp full. Amen. Amen. You see there were these ten virgins. See, five of them. Look it up. And not only that, but there are other components that work together with faith. We talk about spiritual laws and keys to the kingdom and all that stuff is so valuable you should treasure it and apply it. But there are components that work together with faith and apart from them, your faith is really of no benefit to you. Now that, that should get your attention. First Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Isn't that what it said? Mm -hmm. yes. So without hope, I want to kind of focus on hope. Without hope, our faith will leak out. And our love will fail. So hope is essential to live the Christian life to the fullest. Where there is life, there is hope. And where there is hope, there is life. But hopelessness is awful. I don't think you can live for a second without hope. It's perhaps the saddest condition of human existence. Now I got you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And I'm going to use a lot of the King James Version today. When I get into things that are very serious in nature to me, I always, always want to go to the most trusted language, even if it is foreign. <laughs> like the King James. I say that jokingly. Some people think you're going to hell if you don't use the King James. <laughs> so, so it's good that I do. Maybe people will, more people will listen today, either online or better. 
You know, the English Standard Version that I use, if you're in Russia, this is the very closest to their translation. And you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years, <laughs> there was no King James Version <laughs> after the book of Acts was started. I say started because we're still writing it. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your work of faith, and your labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. So, faith produces action. We know that. Yes. Faith is not a work, but it does produce works. Love produces labor, according to this. It says the labor of love. So, labor, a sacrificial work of of service on behalf of other folks. Isn't that kind of what that implies? Mm -hmm. And hope produces patience, steadfastness, endurance, perseverance. All essential elements of the life we have entered into, but so many are lacking. People need to be disciples. That was the great commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He didn't go and say, go out and make converts. Go out and get people to say a prayer. That's nothing wrong with that. You've got to start there. I don't even know if you really start there. I don't generally start there. I minister to people before I get to the prayer. I've got to see what they're, where they're at. I've got to see what they're thinking about that prayer. Why they're saying that prayer. I want to see if they're trying to get some free fire insurance or if they've had an encounter with the Lord. <laughs> People need to be disciples and in the Word of God, of course, because that's what he said, go into all the world and make disciples. I want to encourage every one of you find someone to disciple. If you still need to be disciple, let me know, and I'll talk to you every day for a few minutes on the phone or in person. But you need to be discipling someone. Only with the promise that they'll come to church and when you're have you discipled them for a time? They'll disciple someone else. Yeah. 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 Go for that. Watch this church fill up. People refuse to be disciples. In this culture where we live, where this religious spirit is so strong, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the diagnosis 
spiritual laziness. For the most part, wrong doctrine, self-will. <coughs> hmm? Spiritual laziness. What do you mean by that? Well, it's just easier to believe the sovereignty of God. Blame it all on God. That way I have no part to play. You know, every God's ways are above our ways. Hey, just shove it off on him. It makes for easy preaching. It makes for easy uh, church attendance. Check <coughs> off the box. Put it all in God's hands. Blame it on him. It's a bad thing. No wonder the enemy comes so hard against the preaching of the truth because he loves he loves the unbelieving <coughs> Christians because yeah. mm -hmm. there is for the most part. Yeah. Billy Graham was asked of all the positive responses that he had for Christ in his long, beautiful career serving the Lord. And shouldn't call it a career, but his ministry, his calling, his life in ministry. Of all the positive responses for Christ, how many do you really believe are in Christ? Really say, he said, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20%. I've heard stories that were even less. That's very sad. He was sad to say it. I think he, I know he said it in tears. Mark 11, 24. One of the scriptures that Kenneth Hagin wrote. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus spoke. That's just an old joke. <coughs> Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, what, what things soever ye desire, now, that same word there for desire, it's talking about what we're praying for, right? But that word there for desire, while well, I use the King James, is the same word in Greek for hope. Whatever things you desire, whatever you're hoping for, when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Yes. Yes. So you believe it, then you see it. But you notice, and I don't think I've really come at this angle before. I use this scripture probably almost every week because I want you to have it on your refrigerator about mountain-moving faith and believing what you have, that you have what you pray for when you pray so that you shall have it. So it's foundational to our doctrine. But it's saying that he may have never even thought of it this way. That you need hope before you even pray. People are just so quick to just spit out a prayer. Haven't even thought about what they're going to, you know, you should, we should take our conversation with God seriously. If we believe he hears what we pray. And he does. Hope or that desire, what you're believing for, that's what gives your faith a target. I say that all the time, but I want you to see it so clearly. I want you to make it your own. 
Because it's, a, it's how you need to walk out this Christian life. Faith needs a target. And your hope is your godly imagination at work. Creating a vision, a goal, a dream. You see? Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith, because faith is in the now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, here we go, yeah. the evidence of things not seen. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, when you hear a preaching of the word of God and it's speaking to you because huh? it's alive and active that's why it's always like that preacher's reading your mail and he has no thought of you <laughs> I mean not, not, not that he doesn't think of you or pray for you he's not preaching at you but it sounds like he is that's God But when you're hearing the promises, there's like 8,000 promises in here that are yes and amen for you in Christ. And you're hearing these wonderful things, the good news that the gospel has provided for you through the atonement of Jesus Christ. When you're hearing the word preached, the first thing that's really coming into your heart is hope. Mm -hmm. Then your faith has something to give substance to. To make manifest or come to, to life in this natural realm. It's already alive. It's already done. But we need it. we're here in the sweet now and now where we can use it in this realm that we do see. Not in the realm that we can't see that's more real and tangible than this realm that created this realm. <laughs> but how many of you know that sometimes you just want to say, thank you, Lord, that I'm, I, I have everything that you have in spiritual places, in my morning and spirit. <laughs> but I want it here where I can use it and benefit from it now. Yeah. And he knows that. And he's provided spiritual laws, put them in place for your benefit, but they go unused and unstudied and untried. And because of that, people are thinking God has answered their prayers. And it's not right. Not fair. And it's really not most Christians' fault initially because they're being taught wrong. Mm -hmm. But then as you get to a point in their Christian life where they're a real disciple, and they go from being children to being sons because they have a relationship with God through this word. And they start seeking him on their own and they start realizing some of the things they're being taught are not what this word says and not what God is telling them in their prayer closet. And then they should say, get me where I need to be. I applaud anyone that will do that. And it's, it takes a brave person sometimes. Every time. Amen. 
what what you witness most often is really sad. People cast off their hope when they get discouraged. Then their faith has nothing to take hold of. Like Kenneth Hagin used to say, faith is the hand that reaches out and takes hold of the things provided by grace. And he's right. But without hope, there's nothing there for your faith. So faith needs you to hope. Hope is the confident expectation, the dream that the heart is anticipating with joy. You see, hope is on the inside. Then you pray for that, that godly desire, or hope, that dream, that promise of God, that, that vision, and your faith goes to work to retrieve it and bring it into your hand. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And everybody's like, yeah. But when the desire, look at that word. That's that same word for hope and longing. Cometh, it is the tree of life. Hope deferred makes you sick, heart sick. And the wrong kind of hopes can be deferred or put off. People, people, people have do have their hopes put off, but God will never, never not answer or, or grant a promise to a believer. It may be deferred. And people, you know, we need to be honest with God about ourselves, about our relationship with Him. I don't know how long we've been serving Him. You know, there are a lot of factors in play. God's never going to give you something that will destroy you, but He didn't say no. He just... But the other thing... The wrong kind of hopes will be deferred or put off because, like I said, first of all, we need to be honest with God. We need to seek God, desire God, His will, not ours, and we need to get our hopes up. But our hopes, we need to make sure that our hopes are in God. In the promises of God, in the Word of God, in the provision of God. Huh? That's why naming and claiming and all that kind of nonsense, you know, well, where did God say, you know, and believe me, I'm a prosperity preacher. Now, there's no prosperity gospel, but the gospel is, makes you prosperous. God is a God of abundance and he loves his children. So we have to make sure that our what we're seeking 
after or not is not our own will but God's. Yeah. Amen. Yes. That just comes to being a disciple and surrendering, totally surrendering to His will for your life, which is way better than anything you could have done. But we need to get our homes up. Not, not in man. Not in the world. That's why Jesus said, Peace I give to you. John 14, 27. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives that I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why can we let not our heart be troubled or afraid? Because we can trust that he won't take it back like the world does. You see, man and the world are always going to let you down. Yep. Sure. That's why our appointments need to be with God, <laughs> not in man. You need to be imagining that God's promises are real in your life. Yeah. That's your godly imagination. That, that's what creates the hope. That's what paints the canvas of the dream, the vision, the desire, the hope. See it. Then pray and believe you have it when you pray. And don't stop. Another key. Don't stop. Patience is required. Remember what I tell you? And everybody always thinks it's just, be, you know, just what preachers use when they're preaching the offering because they're trying to get people's money. Jesus said, if you do not understand the parable of the sower, you will not understand anything about the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Everything is in seed form and there is seed, time, and harvest. But you can count on the harvest if you will put in the time. Yeah. You can't dig up the seed to see if it's working. <laughs> Hebrews 6, 11, 12. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. Then you will not be sluggish but will imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. We can't be spiritually lazy. And that's a real thing, folks. You can be the hardest working guy or gal in town and be just as spiritually lazy as they come. Remember, there's a, a certain amount, and if you weren't here last week and you didn't listen online, but, but there's a certain amount of spiritual violence required to take hold of and protect our inheritance from the enemy who wants to steal it from you, keep you from having it. Faith is your positive response to what Jesus has provided by grace. If it wasn't provided by the, through the atonement of Jesus on the cross, then you're not going to get it by begging and pleading or anything else. Mm -hmm. But your 
positive response to what has been provided by grace and then patiently waiting for it by keeping that hope alive, that, that vision, that desire, that dream, hope for whatever it is, but your business, your health, your children, your marriage, relationships, your ministry, your finances, get your hopes up and faith will bring it to pass. Matthew 9.38 says God will send workers across those lost children and loved ones path, won't he? You just keep doing God's will for your life and you just Keep trusting him to go and send, send others to water and nurture those seeds that you have sown in those children's lives, in those friends' lives, in those spouses' lives, in their hearts. And, 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 and you watch. They're going to be coming to the Lord. They're going to be coming to the Lord. I, I believe this for all of you. I believe it for myself. My whole family lined up in the, in the pew with me like the family of scoffs. <laughs> Amen. I want it for all of you. Everybody loving and serving the Lord with all their heart. Only thing we're taking out of this world with us is souls. So the people that just want their family members just to, as long as they're happy. What kind of crazy Antichrist nonsense is that? Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I mean, if you're saved and happy, that's good, but just happy goes to hell. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, the biggest philanthropist in the world, you can give everything. But if it's not motivated by love and the only real source of love is God, then it profits you nothing. Who yeah. mm -hmm. wants to be the best sinner in hell? <laughs> Andrew would say. <laughs> Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Everything's going to be turned up in your lives over the little <laughs> time that we have left. The wealth of the wicked has been laid up for the righteous. Who are the righteous? Everyone that's been saved. But for the kingdom building, you see, that's the that's the prosperity message of the Bible. It's all about glorifying God with whatever we're given. You see, doesn't mean we take a vow of poverty at home and then go out and just. Give millions to the, the kingdom of God. You don't know. You, you'll be blessed too. God wants you to be blessed. He loves his children. You want your children to be blessed? Yeah. You think you love your children any more than he loves you? A lot of people do think that. That's another problem. God's going to be glorified. Families are going to be restored, reunited. We're going to see more and more people totally healed, 
We're going to begin to lay hands on the sick, and everybody we touch is going to be healed. Amen. And that's going to be that dinner bell for people to come and hear the word of God, be delivered, saved, healed everywhere they hurt, and prospered in every way, every area of their life. Amen. And listen, you need to watch out for those dream killers. Those hope quenchers. Those people that Satan will send into your life to try and rob you of your hopes and dreams and desires for a better life. Don't be tricked. Don't be deceived. God wants you well. God wants you to live a better life, to have a better life, to have a better car, to have a better house, to have money in the bank and food in the, in the pantry. He wants you to walk in victory in every area of your life. Amen. He wants you to live an abundant life. <laughs> you know, Jesus, they, they talk about how oh, he has, listen, you know what Jesus had? Abundance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't mean that you pull out a roll of hundreds and do that. But he never lacked. He never lacked what he needed and and more to, to give to others. Huh? Yeah. Dad, we got five little loaves here. We got a boy's sack lunch. I need to feed these five or seven thousand or whatever. Thank you, Father, mm -hmm. for this that we do have. And then they would take up more leftovers than they started with after everybody ate all they wanted. That's abundant. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yes. Any problem with living a life like that? Mm. Being totally dependent on the Lord. But you know what? He may not be early, but he's never late. Amen. And he's faithful. Yeah. But watch out for those dream killers. <laughs> you can have what God says if you'll have what he says. If you say what he's if you know you can have what God says if you'll say what he says you have. <laughs> well that's a twist is there. <laughs> Proverbs twenty three seven says, Does a man think it in his heart? So is he. And Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that, that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So how do you see yourself? Remember those ten spies out of the twelve that got them in so much trouble in the wilderness? Yeah. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. <laughs> it's hard to get your hopes up and you release your faith when you feel condemned. Mm -hmm. This is a big problem in the world today and in the church. Some, many, if not most, Christians see themselves sick or poor because they don't realize how much God loves them. This is another essential part. Faith, hope, and love, you see? Yeah. And I had patience. But 
God loves you. God wants to fix that bad thinking right now. People don't realize how much God loves them. It makes it hard to believe God for our inheritance when we don't think that he even likes us. I can tell a preacher's image of a father. Sometimes his own father had a lot to do with it. But you can tell their image of the Father by the way they minister. God is good. He is love. He loves you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never withhold a blessing from you or healing from you. You see, you got people that they come and they're Christians, well-meaning Christians, they're, they're, they're the ones that amen the loudest. And then they call on the phone the person that wasn't that mentioned they weren't feeling well in church. Oh, I just checked it on you. I've been praying for you. And oh, you know, I had that. You know what? You know, have you talked to this doctor? What did he say? Oh, you know the medicine that and. You know, well, we all just live such a hard life, you know, and, you know, all that drinking and everything didn't help you, you know, and, and, and you, when did you quit the pump? Yeah, that probably, you know, that added a lot to it, you see, and, you know, it's just the natural that that's going to try to, you know, come on you, you, you know, we just have to admit sometimes we have a lot to do with it. Let me tell you. Sister Naysayer there, that ain't your friend. She don't have an understanding of the Word of God. God's not withholding anything from you. I don't care how much you participated in, in doing it. Now, you might open every door and window in your house to the devil, and he's going to try and hinder it, hinder the manifestation, but God will still hate it, and the devil might take it away. You might let him, but it's not God withholding anything good. He's not going to withhold anything good from you. Why is it so important to know the difference? Because you need to know to run to God instead of from Him. Amen. You need to know to blame the devil and get mad at the devil and roll up your spiritual sleeves and, 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 and do that, that battle that is necessary to keep your inheritance and to fight for it and to say, no, God does love me. God has healed me. I am the blessed of the Lord. God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. By Jesus' stripes I was healed. If I was healed, I remain healed. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Amen. But how do you see yourself? He's already given us everything, you see. The enemy is the thief, right? That's what Jesus said in John 10, 10. Now listen, all the, all the promises and provision of the cross, that's the grace of God. God has made available to us. Jesus died to provide us with it. But it doesn't just happen automatically, does it? If he did all that, then why don't I have it? See, he just don't like me. Or I did too much. See, we get right back into that. We get right back under the law. 
We get right back under condemnation. Everything that he bore on that cross, our guilt, you know, not just the punishment for your sin, but your guilt, your shame, your condemnation, your low self-esteem, your sicknesses and diseases and poverty. The same cross he hung on to deal with your sin, he, he, he became poor that you might become rich on that same cross. But you preach prosperity to someone and the people come, oh, that's that prosperity message. Well, Jesus provided for everything, every need we'll ever have. Beloved, I, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. 3 John 2. But it didn't happen automatically or by accident if, if God's in a, in a good mood. If God's will was automatic, then everybody would be saved and healed and prosperous and delivered. We can show you that through the Bible because that's his will. Jesus said, you ever, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only do what my Father says, I only do what I've seen him do. And Acts 10, 38 says, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Well, that's the Father for you right there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Unfortunately, we live in a fallen world been corrupted by sin it suffers from the negative effects of the poor choices made by the free will of men and mankind and of the evil of Satan and his army and we still do a lot of dumb too it opens doors and invites that, that, that enemy in but God is not the cause of that or the source of anything bad in your life the enemy doesn't want you to have your inheritance you're going to have to use your spiritual weapons to take it by force and protect it. Yeah. Yeah. I got time to do this one little. Lord of Lords. 
And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will not, no, he will give, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he even find faith in the earth or on earth? Jesus, this is a tough one for a lot of folks to understand, but Jesus is showing us that proper prayer will keep us from ever losing heart. Or being fearful of what might come. In Luke 21, 26, it says that men's hearts fail them for fear of what is coming. You see, with Jesus, we don't have to, to live like that. It's important that we understand that. So this parable, it's teaching us the same lesson as, as the parable of the the, the friend at midnight, you know that one? Where he goes and asks for bread and he says, I'm already in bed with my kid and all that. Mm -hmm. The persistent friend, they call that one. That's in, in the 11th chapter of Luke. But it's a sort of the same message. It, it's, it's a contrast. It's important that you understand it's a contrast, not a comparison of God to the this unjust judge. You get that? Yeah. Teaching us that we should badger God until he, we wear him down and then he, he finally will grant our request. That's not what Jesus yeah. is teaching us. Yeah, Jesus was contrasting his willingness to answer our prayers with this unjust judge's unwillingness. Okay? So now you'll see this differently from now on and see how beautiful it is. God's not only a just judge who will avenge his elect, that's us, speedily. But we also have Jesus as our advocate, don't we? That's what 1 John 2, 1 says. He's our attorney. The best there is. He's always making intercession for us. Romans 8, 34 and Hebrews 7, 25 say that. But we do have an adversary, the devil, who's constantly accusing us. Revelation 12, 10 says that, and misrepresenting God, the, the just judge. So this causes some of us to give up or to faint and not even plead our case with God. You see, we lose hope, we get discouraged. 
because we doubt that he would even answer us anyway. It's a misrepresentation, a misunderstanding of who God the Father is. And that's what Jesus is trying to point out here. He is saying that our Father is not an unjust judge, that we have to pressure into doing what is right. The point of the parable is it's less about persistent prayer and more about the contrast between God and, and man. And prayer, we're speaking to a father who's ready to, to bless us, ready to give. But Satan is the deceiving folks about the willingness of God to answer their prayers. And so Jesus was just countering that deception with this parable. He was encouraging us to, to pray and petition God and not doubt his willingness to bless us and to grant our requests. So don't lose hope. And remember when you, you've painted that beautiful picture, you have that hope prepared, that vision, that goal, that desire, that need, that hope. You release your faith. Don't change your mind. Don't think that God has heard it, decided not to grant it. Remember, there's seed time and harvest, patience, who through faith and patience, you see? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's coming. If you just won't let the enemy lie to you about whether God's going to answer your prayer, whether God's going to give you what you need and you're wanting, or what he's promised in his Bible, most specifically. Which covers just about any need that you have, because God has, has already provided Look here, right here in Ephesians. Look at Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, has, has already blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven. Amen. It's already done. It's already done. Say it's already done. I already have it. I just need to get my hopes up and release my faith and patiently wait on God. Peter. Second Peter chapter one verse three in the opening. Second Peter one verse three. His God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Look at that. Already done? It's a done deal. That widow, she knew what was rightfully hers. 
So she went day after day. She refused to take no for an answer from that unjust judge. But and, and you know, in the world, we, we, we do the same thing a lot of times. Well, man, if we can be that confident and determined when we're dealing with, with uh, unjust people, then how much more should we persist despite the devil's deceptions and delays when we're dealing with our faithful God and Father? This your question? I mean, it's a no-brainer if you ask me. And I can tell you why. Because the devil has skewed everything. And he's raised up people to stand behind these pulpits and teach you his teachings instead of God's. And to paint God as someone who's so far away and hard to understand and comprehend and just whatever case around, around. And it's a, it's a lie. God loves you. He is love. He is good. He's already granted you everything. You know? I heard a friend Andrew say if, if, if he was God, he would just drop kick most of us right off into outer space. <laughs> he said, he said, he said, he, he think he can imagine the father walking over to Jesus sometimes and saying, did you tell them that, that I already provided for all that? Did you tell them that when you hung on the cross, it, you know, by your stripes they were healed? Did you tell them? <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs>
reflect back, you know, it's, uh, my Lord Jesus paid the price for me. My Lord Jesus suffered on Calvary. My Lord Jesus saved me from sin and pain. Now my Lord Jesus is teaching me to dream. Because I have forgotten how. I had believed the devil that I was no longer allowed.
world system and the unbelievers that have taught us to stop believing that you are good and that you are loveless. Help, help us to be restored in our childlike faith. Lord, I remember we, we could believe Santa Claus for more than, than, than your people will believe you for. Don't, don't let that be the case. Help us, Lord, to know that you are good and that you love us. You've done everything. Yes. You gave us your best. Yes. And you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You, you, are, you are there. There are angels encamped around about us, excited and, and eagerly awaiting to do your will. If we will just speak your promises and speak your will over our lives and speak your provision and your protection and your healing over our lives, we will have it. We will have what we say. And we thank you, Lord, for the power that you have given us to come against all the works of the enemy. He has nothing in us. He's nothing to us. We can, we can boss him around and kick him out of our life and those of others. We will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Thank you, Lord, for beginning to send all those here that need to hear this message of your love and grace and hope and faith and love and joy and prosperity. Help us to be kingdom builders, Lord. Help us to realize that there should be a sense of urgency, that you are coming soon, Lord. And the only thing we're taking out of this world with us is souls. And that it's not your desire that any should perish. Help us to love like you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And help us to receive your love for us as we should so that we can dream and hope walk in this life of faith that we've been called to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.